From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Demer. Today on the show, CEOs across crypto are all stepping down. Hmm, that's coming up on the Decrypt Daily. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, September 28th, 2022. It's one of those mornings that I had a great night's sleep last night. Again, I don't know what it is, but I've been just sleeping like a baby the past week. I don't know, maybe it's because I've been working hard and just going to bed super tired, but wow. Like, I haven't slept this good in a, in a couple of years, it feels like. Anyway, let's get into those crypto prices. We kind of have some sad news today. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. And I'm recording this at 10... 42 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. We have Bitcoin sitting at $19,350. It's up 1.3% in one hour, but down 4% in 24. And why did I mention the one hour? Because when I woke up this morning and checked the prices when I was playing the show, it was at around 18.8. Ethereum is in number two spot. It's at $1,323. It's up 1.3% in one hour as well, but down 4.5% in 24. Again, when I woke up this morning, it was at $1,200 and so dollars. Teller's number three, USDC is number four, Binance is number five at 275, down 2.8 in 24. Running off the top 10, we have XRP, which is down 8.5%, BUSD, Cardano, Solana, and Doge. The total market cap is down 4.2% in 24 at 930.1 billion. The BTC dominance is 39.7, and ETH dominance is 17.4. Moving into today's headlines. Now, this headline took me by surprise this morning because I think there's probably some hidden meanings and reasons behind this move. CEO of bankrupt crypto lender Celsius Network has submitted a letter of resignation to the company's board of directors. Alex Mashinsky is resigning. And this is according to a press release from a New York law firm on Tuesday. Mashinsky said, I elected to resign my post as CEO of Celsius Network today. Nevertheless, I will continue to maintain my focus on working to help the community unite behind a plan that will provide the best outcome for all creditors, which is what I've been doing since the company filed for bankruptcy. He kind of left out that he kind of caused this bankruptcy, didn't he? Uh, And the reason why I think this is interesting, because I'm wondering if the resignation will kind of either remove him from some legal actions against him. I'm not too sure like how this is working, but... But he also said that this is a distraction for the company, or him being there is a distraction for the company. I just find it very odd. But anyway, if you have a company that is basically broken, not going anywhere, why it might as well leave and and run away to somewhere, some island somewhere. Anyway, Sam Bankman-Fried is considering buying the assets of bankrupt crypto lending firm Celsius, according to Bloomberg. And Bloomberg is citing a person familiar with this deal-making. And that is very credible, it sounds. And it's not immediately clear if Sam Bankman-Fried is going to buy all the assets or some of the assets from Celsius. 
In kind of related news, the president of FTX.us, Brett Harrison, he announced today that he's stepping down from his role and he plans to shift his role into an advisory role over the next couple months. And he's going to transfer his duties as he exits his role as CEO. Harrison, he will stay in the crypto industry in an as of yet undisclosed new role. He said, I'm remaining in the industry with the goal of removing technological barriers to full participation and in maturation of the global crypto markets, both centralized and decentralized. And the reason why I said in the intro that a lot of CEOs are stepping down, we have Alex Mashinsky, we have Brett Harrison, remember Jesse Powell, the CEO of Kraken stepped down. We just have a lot of movement in, you know, very well-known CEOs leaving their companies. And I find it interesting that FTX.us buys Voyager the same time Harrison steps down. Now, do you think that was related or is just kind of coincidence? Was Harrison against this purchase or was he for it? Or does with this purchase come new executives that he doesn't want to deal with? Or maybe these executives will take his spot. Kind of wondering how this is going to play out. Audius hit 7.5 million monthly users. The Audius CEO says we've seen growth continue through bear markets because the users are not even aware that crypto is there. Less than 10% of Audius users have MetaMask installed. Audius has over 250,000 artists and 1 million songs on this platform. So the question is, who are these 7.5 million active users? Well, according to Audius's data, it's mostly people that are like EDM. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to check this out. I went over to Audius and checked out their music and their supply. Their number one artist on the platform was actually Skrillex. But everybody else is getting, you know, a lot of likes and a lot of reposts of these songs. But they're not really breaking into the millions of plays. It's mostly like the tops are around, I don't know, 400,000, 300,000, 200,000. And that's very few. And then you get into like the tens of thousand listens. And so it seems as though they have a thing going, but it's not that popular. However, I have never made a song that got 10,000 listens. So I still think that's pretty damn cool. So who are they competing with? Well, <laughs> Audius says they're not trying to compete with Spotify or Apple Music, obviously. Instead, they have carved out a niche of its own where music meets Web3. And I think that's pretty cool. Fragment, the holder of a pair of Mutant Ape Yacht Club NFTs, borrowed 1,000 ETH, around $1.3 million, using these NFTs as collateral. So what's the chatter around this? Well, people are saying, it's awesome to see these loans getting funded in this market climate, and more so that it's happening all on-chain via DeFi. So what does this mean, basically? What kind of loan is this? Basically, you put up these two NFTs as collateral for the money, and if you don't pay this loan back, they seize your NFTs. Now, according to Arcade, the loan repayment terms are 1,044F. Remember, they borrowed 1,000F. You have to pay back 1,044F in 90 days at an 18% APY. Now, it doesn't add up, and that's my problem with this. And unless I'm wrong, please email me, MatthewEarnedCrypt.co, to explain this case a little better. But two NFTs, and these NFTs are worth around 244F, which is called 500F together, uh, for collateral for 1,000F. And if you don't pay this loan back, you lose your NFT. But you already doubled your money. And apparently this person, Fragment, has already bought a couple more NFTs. They're up to four of these NFTs using the loan money. And so you have two NFTs. You gave them two NFTs. So you have two NFTs. Plus you have $700,000 in the bank. Um, why are you going to pay back this loan? 
Anyway, a lot of people are assuming that this was done by folks that invested in the platform just to hype it. So it's all the same money anyway. If anybody could explain this case a little better than I just did, please, Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co because it all doesn't make sense. Christie's has launched a new on-chain Ethereum NFT marketplace called Christie's 3.0. Christie's 3.0 marketplace is built so that transactions are recorded in full on the Ethereum blockchain. The 256-year-old auction house says it will also provide tools for compliance and tax purposes. And it is absolutely really telling that somebody that is a 200 or an entity that is 256 years old is leading this emerging market. I think that's really, really forward thinking of them. I mean, honestly, there's no loss in this. It's like, hey, can we sell more NFTs and make more money and get their commission or whatever or not. And if we put a little money into this, we could get a lot out of it. I think this is this is just smart. Bitcoin payments company Strike has raised $80 million in a Series B funding round. The cash will be used to grow Strike's partnership with merchants. Strike uses the Lightning Network, a solution that works to speed up Bitcoin transactions so cryptocurrency can be used to make everyday purchases. And if you never downloaded and use the Lightning Network, then you absolutely should. Sure, it's going to cost you a little money. Uh, just just do it because it really will show you that you can make payments in everyday use cases with Bitcoin. The IMF is weighing into proof of stake and they're highlighting some potential issues surrounding the consensus mechanism. In a paper that the IMF published, the paper touches on how proof of stake could create excessive concentration of decision-making powers on crypto exchanges and wallet service providers which may increase market integrity risk despite the potential energy savings. The report went on to say that the financial stability risks of crypto assets may not yet be globally systemic, but the growing systemic implications can already be seen in some countries. Basically, what they're saying is Ethereum is staked on centralized exchanges, Binance, FTX, Coinbase, and so on and so forth. These exchanges can collude and have 51% of the network. So if they have 15% of the stake, they can do whatever they want with the network. And that's roll back transactions, reverse transactions, approve, disprove transactions, and maybe even change the whole blockchain itself. However, what they're saying in the IMF is, that this isn't going to cause systemic issues where people could lose a lot of their money or they could be weighted in the balance of these big corporations. But we should be cautious because systemic implications can already be seen in some countries. And so we are now furthering this proof of state conversation instead of proof of work decentralization. And finally, Robinhood announced the launch of its beta Web3 wallet, giving 10,000 waitlisted customers the ability to participate in the wallet's testing phase. It's solely available on Apple mobile devices, and it will let users trade crypto with reportedly no network fees, as well as earn yield by connecting to dApps. Robinhood CTO says this, Robinhood Wallet strips away some of the complexities of Web3 to make crypto more accessible to everyone. And in a surprise note, they selected Polygon as its exclusive blockchain partner. And they said they made this decision because of its stability, speed, low network fees, and robust developer ecosystem. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. Again, I'll be back tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. And until then, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>